Speaking in Louisville on Monday night, President Trump slammed former San Francisco 49ers quarterback Colin Kaepernick, who made an enormous production out of kneeling for the national anthem last season. Trump recounted an article he'd read. He stated, quote, NFL owners don't want to pick him up because they don't want to get a nasty tweet from Donald Trump. I said, if I remember that one, I'm going to report it to the people of Kentucky because they like it when people actually stand for the American flag. This isn't good. Actually, it's quite bad. That's not because Kaepernick doesn't deserve criticism. This is a fellow who wore socks depicting police officers as pigs, who thinks the same America that has made him rich and famous for being a one-shot talent is deeply racist and horrible. NFL teams are reticent to pick Kaepernick up, not just because he's a headache, but because he's flamed out as a football player. But the President of the United States should not be in the business of bullying businesses into firing particular employees, or even being perceived to do so. That's scary. Imagine if President Obama had celebrated Mozilla Firefox firing former CEO Brendan Eich over his support for traditional marriage. Conservatives would have been outraged, and rightly so. This isn't even Trump celebrating the predictable results of making deeply stupid political stands. It's him celebrating his own impact on creating consequences for people who aren't even in a political business. Yes, NFL owners are right to shun Kaepernick, but Trump certainly isn't right to involve himself in pressuring owners to do so through his own Twitter feed. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. Oh, so much to get to today. We're going to get to President Trump putting the screws to House Republicans and Senate Republicans in order to get them to buy into his Trump care. We'll get to all of that. We'll also get to all of the fallout from yesterday on Trump Russia. We'll get to the fallout on on the on the the leaks. We'll get we'll get to all of that. But first, we have to say thank you to our advertisers over at ZipRecruiter.com. So, if you're somebody who's looking to fill an employment position and you don't want to post on 200 odd job sites and then wait for all of the returns to roll in and sift through them, ZipRecruiter.com helps you out. You can post your job to all of those job sites with a single click, including Facebook and Twitter. You can find candidates in any city in or industry nationwide. You post once. You watch your qualified candidates roll into ZipRecruiter's easy to use interface. You don't have to juggle emails or calls. To your office. You can screen candidates, you can rate them, and you can hire the right person incredibly quickly. That's why it's used by Fortune 100 companies. It's why we here at The Daily Wire are beginning to use it. Right now, my listeners can post jobs on ZipRecruiter for free by going to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. That's ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. And make sure that you try it because that means that you can post for free. ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire. As somebody who has employed lots of people in the past and had to sift through tons and tons of resumes on a personal level and deal with incoming phone calls that jangle the phone off the hook when phones had hooks, it is much better to have a process like ZipRecruiter.com. They make it quick, they make it easy, they make it fast, and obviously it's cheap. Right now, if you go to ZipRecruiter.com slash Daily Wire, you can post your job for free and fill that job. Alrighty, so... Here we are, and Donald Trump has gotten himself in trouble for yet another day. But I want to begin with a bigger story than everything that's happening with the wiretapping and the Russia connections and the leaks and all that. We'll get to all that in just a second. I want to talk about the latest developments on the Hill, the thing that I think is going to have more impact than any of those things on President Trump's presidency, and that is how this health care bill goes down. So right now, President Trump is on the Hill threatening people. According to MJ Lee over at CNN, the White House gave a message to senators yesterday. The legislation is done. There are not going to be any more changes, according to Mike Lee. Mike Lee is a senator from Utah, staunch conservative, somebody who, who really uh, believes in the principles of the Constitution, really doesn't like Trump care because he says it's Obamacare light. And now the White House is saying no more changes. First off, it is important to note that there are alternatives to what is being done here. You know, Trump and Ryan are basically saying that there are no alternatives to what is being done here. There are two alternatives. One is just repeal Obamacare without a replacement and then replace it piecemeal. 
You can do that with a straight Republican vote. But Tom Price is the Secretary of Health and Human Services. He's already come out and he says that's not a possibility. They're not the votes for it, which just shows you that Republicans were lying to you for years, lying to you for years. They weren't promising you that they were going to replace Obamacare with something that was Obamacare light. They weren't promising you there weren't going to be any effects. There were going to there were going to be no effects from repealing Obamacare. They promised you they were going to repeal Obamacare. And now Tom Price is telling you they don't have the votes. Paul Ryan says the same thing to just repeal the damn thing. So instead of just repealing it, we have to go through this whole rigmarole where we put together an omnibus package bill, a 120-page bill with tons of regulations that are going to be attached to it that is really a crappy bill. And it's a crappy bill for a number of reasons. The only good thing about the bill is the shifting away from need-based Medicaid aid from the feds to the states toward a block grant from the feds to the states, $10 billion a year for 10 years. If you think, however, that Congress is going to hold to those strictures, you're out of your mind. Okay, Congress is going to have that block grant. It's going to apply for about five years. And then there's going to be a lot of complaints at the state level, and Congress is going to up the amount of the block grant. How do I know that's going to happen? Because that's what's happened with every single federal program ever created for the benefit of states. It always expands in size and scope. That's just how these things work. That's on the good side. Okay, on the bad side, you've got a bunch of tax credits for health care, which is basically just a new entitlement program. You have the fact that it keeps in place all of the Obamacare regulations on insurance companies, or at least the vast bevy of them. It doesn't actually do what Trump promised during the campaign. It doesn't end the uh, the state lines that prevent insurance companies from competing across state lines. It doesn't do any of those things. It's a really, really bad bill. But that's not stopping Trump. Trump is pushing hard. And the reason Trump is pushing hard is because this is a no-lose proposition for Trump at this point. Trump is pushing hard because he doesn't have the patience to actually go through a negotiation. So if you didn't just want to repeal, if you wanted to repeal and replace, there's something else you could do. You could push, as the original as the original sort of bill, you could push a very conservative bill, and then you could negotiate with the Senate, inside the House. You put up your ideal bill, and then you negotiate. Your opening position is the position for which you are negotiating, right? You wouldn't start with what Paul Ryan did, which is he negotiated against himself. The House Republicans negotiated against themselves. They created what they thought was a bill that could pass through Congress. But it's not going to pass through Congress, specifically because whatever the bill is that you first put up is subject to negotiation, and everybody wants input. So what you really want to do, if you're going to do this right, is you put up a bill that your base agrees with, and then you have your solidified your base, and then you move towards something that more people can agree with. That's what you would do. But Trump doesn't have the patience for prolonged negotiation, nor does he have the policy expertise to actually speak about a prolonged negotiation. So instead, they decided they were going to fast-track this thing, have Paul Ryan write up a bill that he thought could pass, put it in front of Trump, have Trump ram it through. That was basically the plan here. And now Trump is in a position where he's ramming through a bill he doesn't fully understand. He doesn't get it. The reason you can tell he doesn't get it is when he speaks publicly about the bill, he's still making promises that do not apply to this bill. He's still saying things like nobody's going to get thrown off their health insurance. Okay, there are people on Medicaid who are not going to be on Medicaid anymore if this plan goes forward. So I never thought that that should be a promise that any Republican makes. The fact is that it's not government's job to keep you on health insurance. It's your job to go out and buy your own health insurance. And it's the government's job to get out of the way so that competition ensures that the price is is lower for health insurance and the quality is higher for health insurance. doesn't matter. Trump right now is trying to ram this thing through. In typical Trump fashion, he apparently said to a bunch of House members, we won't have these crowds if we don't get this done. He's talking about all of the all of the crowds that he's speaking to as though those crowds are are in any way indicative of the level of public support for this plan. 
Okay, the polls show this plan is highly, highly unpopular. It's really unpopular. According to Nate Silver, who's quoting all of the polls right now, and yes, polls still matter. It's not, we don't live in Bill Mitchell world where polls don't matter. Polls still matter. Just because they were off on the state level does not mean that polls are now completely out the window. Okay, here is the, the favorable numbers on the Republican health care bill. Fox News has the favorable number on Trump care at 34%, 54% opposed. Morning Consult has it at plus 11. That is the only poll that has it in positive territory. YouGov CBS News has it at 29 below. YouGov Huffington Post has it 21 below. Public policy polling has it 25 below. The average, 16 below. 30% support, 47% opposed. Nobody likes this bill. Conservatives, Democrats, nobody likes this bill. Now, Obamacare had a 40% favorable rating and a 49% unfavorable rating when it was passed. That means that this is significantly less popular than that. And Democrats lost 63 seats in Congress because of Obamacare. So if you want to hold the House, this is not the way to do it. This is not the way that you hold the House. By the way, only 13% of Trump supporters strongly support this. They think that it's Paul Ryan's plan, and they do not strongly support this. But Trump is coming in hard because he knows that if this, th- this whole thing falls apart, he's not going to get blamed. He's going to be seen as the good soldier, and the person who is going to be blamed in the end is going to be, you guessed it, Paul Ryan. So Paul Ryan is going out there and he's saying that Donald Trump is here to close the deal, guys. Donald Trump is here and he's going to close the deal. It's what he does best. That is Ryan trying to kiss Trump's ass. It is not going to work. It is not going to work. The sycophancy is going to maybe drive Trump to support the Ryan plan. But if the Ryan plan goes down in flames, if he thinks that Trump is going to be there for the incoming fire, he is totally wrong. This is, it's, it's Ryan's butt on the line, not Trump's here. Mark Meadows, who's one of the representatives who opposes the bill, he's been saying he doesn't back the bill. And Trump is targeting him directly, which is really ridiculous. I mean, we're now targeting Republicans for not voting for a a bill that's not conservative enough. If this busts, if this whole thing falls apart, the results are going to be disastrous for conservatives particularly. Trump will likely blame Ryan. He will likely shift more to the economic populism and nationalism of Steve Bannon and away from Ryan's Priebus. I'm not a Ryan's Priebus fan. I'm not a Paul Ryan fan. But I'd rather have the economic program of Paul Ryan and Ryan's Priebus than the economic program of Steve Bannon and Trump. Trump tends to be more on Bannon's side anyway on this sort of stuff. You could see very easily Donald Trump moving away from working with House and Senate Republicans at all and just crossing the aisle and working with Democrats on his populist economic program if this thing flames out, because he's going to blame Ryan for anything that falls apart here. He's going to blame Ryan Priebus for anything that falls apart here. You can see him doing the, okay, now I'm going to swivel to the middle. I tried working with you guys. I tried to do it your way. I tried it your way, and now I'm not going to do it anymore. You saw tendencies like this from Trump during the campaign. He said he didn't care if the Republicans held the Senate because maybe he'd be able to get things done with Democrats more easily. He has a tendency not to really like the, the quote-unquote establishment of the party. And right now, if he goes down in flames over this bill, he's going to blame them and he's going to turn away from them. And that's going to be really, it's going to have really negative ramifications for people who want to see some conservative governance because you're not going to get conservative governance between Trump, Bannon, and the Democrats in the, in the House and the Senate. It was interesting. I was listening to another podcast. Uh, there there's some top Democrats who do a podcast, uh, Pod Save America, which is an interesting podcast I like to listen to to get you know kind of what Democrats are thinking. And they were saying that they are upset with Trump, not because Trump is backing Trump care so much, but because Trump care isn't Trumpy enough. They want Trump to swivel toward the economic nationalist populism of Steve Bannon. And they say openly there might be a political realignment in store if Trump does exactly that. Trump sees that same opportunity. So this could be the precursor to a, a, a solid move to the left. Now, maybe not. Maybe maybe Trump sticks with the program. Maybe Trump maintains conservative, you know, conservative policies like he's been doing about 70 percent so far. Maybe he maintains that even if this bill goes down. 
I think that's doubtful. I think that's doubtful. Okay. With that said, Donald Trump did have a very bad day yesterday. It's not even going to be his worst day of the week if this bill goes down on Thursday. It's supposed to be voted on in the House on Thursday. Wouldn't be the first time that House leadership has presented a bill that went down in flames. Happened regularly under John Boehner. Yesterday was a bad day for Trump because there were basically two stories, neither of them good for Trump. One was Jim Comey, the the FBI director who is not particularly competent, speaks out of speaks out of line a fair bit. Uh, He was in front of the House Intelligence Committee yesterday, and he said that Donald Trump's tweets about wiretapping, they just weren't true. Jim Comey talking to Adam Schiff of California. Director Comey, was the president's statement that Obama had his wires tapped in Trump Tower a true statement? With respect to the president's tweets about alleged wiretapping directed at him by the prior administration, I have no information that supports those tweets and we have looked carefully inside the FBI. The Department of Justice has asked me to share with you that the answer is the same for the Department of Justice and all its components. The department has no information that supports those tweets. As you understand the term McCarthyism, do you think President Obama or the FBI was engaged in such conduct? I'm not gonna try and characterize the, the tweets themselves. All I can tell you is we have no information that supports them. Uh, Director Comey, you're a good lawyer. Can you make out a great case that President Obama wiretapped Mr. Trump's phones just prior to the election, in light of the fact you have said there's no evidence of that? All I can say is what I said before, that we don't have any information that supports those tweets. Okay, so, you know, and he keeps saying it over and over and over. The Democrats keep hammering it home over and over and over. There is no evidence that Trump was wiretapped by Obama. Now, here's what actually happened, in all likelihood, by all the available reports. Basically, there are FISA warrants out on a bunch of Russians, and those FISA warrants allowed the government to listen in on all of these Russians who were apparently doing business with Americans or talking to Americans, and a bunch of Trump associates were swept up in those wiretaps. So in other words, you know, let's say that let's say that Austin were a Russian agent, which is not implausible. And the and the government decided to put a wiretap on Austin and I called Austin up. Well now I'm on the wiretap. Okay, that's what was actually wiretapped. And that's how Mike Flynn got caught up in this conversation. Now, we're going to get to the leaking portion of this in a second, because that is also a real scandal. But it is not a, a real thing that Obama ordered a direct wiretap on Trump. The reports that were promulgated by Heat Street, that, that FISA had, the FISA warrant had been issued for Trump Tower, that was debunked yesterday by, I think it was uh, Mike Rogers, who's the head of the National Security Agency. Uh, none of this is good for Trump. Now, Trump could have, after the original tweet, said, look, I was speaking figuratively, I was speaking broadly, what I really meant was that there was obvious government surveillance of people in my campaign because people in my campaign were talking to the Russians, and it's just ridiculous that information about that stuff is being leaked to the press. That's accurate. That's good. But because Trump—two things. Trump only reads the headlines. He never reads below the headline. And two, Trump always doubles down. And that means that he created this entire big problem for himself in which he looks foolish, in which he looks like he made this case that is unsubstantiated, and that is a disaster for him. Because, again, it goes to credibility. His approval ratings are already low. He's going to need that credibility when it comes time to ram through legislation. If you're going to make the case to Republicans that they need to get on board with Trump care and that you've got the American people behind you, you actually have to be able to show data showing that the American people are behind you and trust you. And right now, he's undermining that trust. And we'll talk in a second about you know more of the fallout from this, because it's not good for President Trump. If you want him to be successful, you need him to stop with the Twitter. Honestly, his, his administration would be much better off if he would just stop with the Twitter altogether. I know people who are fans of his don't like that idea. 
The fact is that he's doing himself more harm than good with the Twitter account at this point. If he wants to be sporadic in his use of it, targeted in his use of it, that's one thing. He is not. He's a blunderbuss. Okay, we have to say hello and thank you to our advertisers over at DSTLD.com. So, best jeans I own, DSTLD.com, premium denim, uh, and uh, it's distilled. You get 10% off your first pair when you go to DSTLD.com slash Ben. These are great jeans. They are much cheaper than the jeans that you're going to get at some sort of premium outlet. Uh, They are, you know, really cheap jeans. Uh, Number one, start to fall apart after a few washes. These things last and last and last. They are very solid. You don't want to break the bank, and these are really well-priced. I mean, they are well under $100. Uh, You can get a pair of jeans at DSTLD com for like 65 bucks. I mean, they're, they're really, really good jeans. Uh, they look good. They are comfortable. Uh, they're not going to fall apart on you. And the reason they're able to bring them to you so cheap is because they are direct to consumer. They're not filing it through some sort of retailer. And by the way, if you try them out and you don't like them, uh, they will ship them to you for free and give you free returns until you find the perfect pair. So you don't have to worry about, they ship you a pair of jeans, they don't fit, and now you're stuck with them. You can ship them back until you get the right one. They also have outerwear. They have leather jackets and t-shirts and more. And the same principle, everything is much cheaper than it would be if you went to a store. DSTLD.com slash Ben. Really good looking clothes. Terrific jeans. DSTLD.com. Distilled.com slash Ben. Get 10% off your first pair. 10% off your first pair of jeans at dstld.com slash Ben. Okay, so it wasn't just James Comey who's slapping around Trump on this uh, this Trump wiretapping allegation. Again, all Trump had to do was tell the truth. Instead, Donald Trump has a very rudimentary understanding of how the news works. He reads the headlines. He determines what he wants to determine from the headlines. He puts it out there, and then he triples down on it and goes mole hunting on the basis of a fantasy that is only in his head. It's just dumb. It's just dumb. Forget about whether you know you think that Obama's a bad guy or not. I think Obama's a bad guy. Forget about whether you think that Obama intelligence people are leaking bad things about Trump. I think they are right now, and I'll get to those leaks in just a second. Trump needs to stop with this crap. It makes him look stupid. Here's Mike Rogers of the National Security Administration saying that Trump, you know, trotting out this theory that the British were behind some sort of tapping of him. He said that's utterly ridiculous. Did you ever request that your counterparts in GCHQ should wiretap Mr. Trump on behalf of President Obama? No, sir, nor would I. That would be expressly against the construct of the Five Eyes Agreement that's been in place for decades. And the Five Eyes are some of our closest intelligence partners, and Britain Britain is one of them. Yes, sir. Have you seen any evidence that anyone else in the Obama administration made such a request? No, sir. And again, my view is the same as Director Comey. I've seen nothing on the NSA side that we engage in. It should be noted, was appointed by Donald Trump. So his own guy is saying right here that this is nonsense. Devin Nunez, who's a Republican on the House Intelligence Committee, uh, he debunked that story that said there was a FISA warrant for Trump Tower. He said there is no FISA warrant for Trump Tower. His administration, no evidence of any wiretapping of Trump Tower. No, no, there was no FISA warrant that I'm aware of to Trump to tap Trump Tower. And that's after you received this information. That's accurate. Okay, so again, that whole thing, it's really dumb. I wish that Trump would just stick to the facts. Again, this has been my critique of Trump since all the way through the campaign, since the beginning. If you sacrifice truth in favor of power, you end up with neither power nor truth. That's what's happening right now. Tendencies for untruth come to tend to come back and bite you. 
We're going to get next into the Russia connection scandal and into the leaks, which I think is the biggest scandal of all. The Democrats don't want to talk about that one. We'll talk about that one. But you have to go to dailywire.com for that. Dailywire.com, you become a subscriber right now, $8 a month. Become one of the thousands and thousands and thousands of people who are subscribing to dailywire.com for 8 bucks a month. Right now, if you get an annual subscription, you get a free signed copy of the Amazon best-selling book sold, you know, nearly 100,000 copies, I think, at this point. Reasons to Vote Democrat, a comprehensive guide signed by Michael Moles, endorsed by yours truly as the most thorough book that I have ever seen on Democratic ideology and the reasons to support it. Reasons to Vote Democratic, comprehensive guide by Michael Moles. You can get that for, for free, signed, when you become an annual subscriber over at dailywire.com. So check that out. Or you can listen to the rest of the podcast later. Now, you can watch the rest of the podcast, by the way. That's one of the benefits of being a Daily Wire subscriber. You can watch the rest of the podcast live, be part of the mailbag, which we do in a couple of days. You can get Clavin's podcast live, watch that. I know, I keep getting emails about the Shapiro store. I promise, I swear, it is coming. It is coming, and it's not coming just like Obamacare repeal is coming. It's actually coming, okay? It's going to come, and it will happen shortly. If you don't want to subscribe right now, but you still want to listen to the rest of the show, go over to iTunes or SoundCloud and give us a listen over there. We are the largest conservative podcast in the nation. Okay, so the other narrative that uh, that was not good for Donald Trump yesterday was James Comey in front of the House Intelligence Committee, and uh, he he says that there's an investigation that has been underway since July on ties between the Trump campaign and Russia. Here's what he had to say. So my question, uh, as of today, Admiral Rogers, do you have any evidence that Russia cyber actors changed vote tallies in the state of Michigan? <clears throat> No, I do not. But I would highlight we're in foreign intelligence organization, not a domestic intelligence organization. So it would be fair to say we are probably not the best organization to provide a more complete. That actually answer. is uh, so, so that actually uh, is Mike Rogers saying that Russia didn't hack the election. So for all the people who are saying that because there's an investigation of Trump in Russia, that means Russia hacked the election. He's saying there's no evidence voting machines were hacked. Important to note that here is Comey actually saying there is an investigation on Trump Russia ties. I have been authorized by the Department of Justice to confirm that the FBI, as part of our counterintelligence mission, is investigating the Russian government's efforts to interfere in the 2016 presidential election. And that includes investigating the nature of any links between individuals associated with the Trump campaign and the Russian government, and whether there was any coordination between the campaign and Russia's efforts. So far, they've revealed no evidence that there was any connection. But the investigation apparently has been underway since July. So you can hear all the Democratic heads all around the country just blowing. Like, you can hear them popping like the end of Kingsman. I mean, they're just exploding. And the reason they're exploding is they're thinking to themselves, okay, back in July, that was about the time that Comey was talking about the Hillary email investigation publicly. Why didn't he mention this? Okay, the reason he didn't mention this is because, if you recall, back in July, he was exonerating Hillary Clinton, and then he was told by Congress that he had to keep updating them, and he said he would update them, and that's why in October, he came out and he said, here's the update on the Hillary investigation. It's still sort of underway here, and that hurt her, obviously, in the final week and the half of the campaign, maybe the reason that she lost. But that is not quite the same thing as here, where he was under no duty to keep Congress updated on an investigation that they apparently didn't know was, was happening at the time. Still, you can understand why Democrats are kind of upset about this. It feels like Comey is picking and choosing. In any case, the, this idea that there's an investigation on Trump-Russia ties, it's got the Democrats just over the moon. Maxine Waters says Trump will be impeached. No evidence, again, no evidence that there is any severe tie between Trump and Russia uh, or that they were in bed together or that they were collaborating. That said, 
I wish that the Trump administration would not act so so heavy handed about their denials because they act like there's a scandal, even if there's no scandal. And very often the cover up is worse than the scandal in terms of the public image. This is looking like one such case. I'll give you an example. So one of the big issues here that they've been investigating, I'm sure, at the FBI is Paul Manafort. Paul Manafort is a Republican black ops guy. He's, he's sort of an underground operator. I'd heard of him like two, three years ago, uh, and then I'd done a little bit of research and realized that he was working you know, with Ukraine. Uh, he w- it was very prominent in a lot of Republican political circles, Paul Manafort, but it was also relatively obvious that he was working uh, with the Ukrainian regime that was in bed with, with Vladimir Putin and being paid by them at the time. I mean, this was not a big secret to anybody who was sort of in the know in Republican circles. Well, Paul Manafort, as you recall, was Donald Trump's campaign manager. So, The most plausible theory, I think, here is that Donald Trump didn't know what he was doing with his campaign. This was how the entire campaign ran. He's not a political expert. He wasn't really doing a lot of vetting. Somebody told him you should hire Paul Manafort because he's a real pro and he'll be able to get your campaign under control. You remember he hired Manafort in the wake of Corey Lewandowski. He hires Paul Manafort. He realizes, like, a month and a half, two months in, that Paul Manafort is actually uh, a, a guy who has worked with the Russians. The blowback starts to come back on him, and he, falls Paul, uh, he fires Paul Manafort. Does that mean that he was colluding with the Russians? No, it doesn't. But is it something that looks bad for him? Yeah, and that would explain why the Trump administration is now attempting to pretend they've never heard of this Paul Manafort. So remember, Paul Manafort was his campaign manager for months. He was actually on the campaign longer than Steve Bannon was on the campaign, and Steve Bannon is, considering the, is considered the sort of philosophical god king for no apparent reason, of the Trump campaign. Paul Manafort was the head of the Trump campaign for months. Here is the the Trump campaign, the, the Trump administration trying to minimize the White House, trying to minimize the role of Paul Manafort, this clip 18, uh, doing it over and over and over. Uh, you, you were correct, of course. Paul Manafort was the chairman of the campaign before he left in the summer. And it appears now that everybody who's had these contacts with Russia, whether it was Mike Flynn or Carter Page or others, is, is all being sort of set aside, shunted aside by the White House. Uh, Sean Spicer also called Mike Flynn a volunteer for the campaign. George, as you know, he was the most high-profile national security advisor on the Trump campaign featured primetime speaker at the convention. And as for Paul Manafort, he was there for five months, George. As you well know, he was in charge of that campaign, the chairman, the CEO, uh, the person who put together and ran the convention. It's really extraordinary to hear the White House press secretary describe him as somebody with a very limited role. Okay, and here is the White House press secretary uh, defining a limited role as, uh, as apparently uh, a garbage truck drives behind the ABC News anchor. In any case, here is Sean Spicer pretending that the guy who ran Trump's campaign for five months was never— they've never heard of this Paul Manafort. Who's Paul Manafort? Who is this Paul Manafort? I never hear of him. <laughs> okay, here's Sean Spicer from the White House. Just to be clear, I know that— I'm trying to think through this for a second because obviously um, General Flynn, right. but again, I, Gen- right, and, 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 and I'm not aware of any at this time, but even General Flynn was, was a volunteer of the campaign. Um, and then obviously there's been this discussion of, of Paul Manafort, who played a very limited role for a very limited amount of time. But beyond, but hey, John, Jonathan, hold on. Can you, can you stop interrupting other people's questions? Hey, Jonathan, somebody's asking a question. It's not your press briefing. Julie's asking a question. Please calm down. Julie. Are you saying then that the president is aware of contacts that Manafort No, no, nothing that hasn't been previously discussed. I just don't want to make it look like Okay, so Sean Spicer getting feisty with a reporter asking the obvious follow-up. You say these people had limited roles in your campaign. Mike Flynn was the national security advisor that Donald Trump picked, okay, because he was so close to him. 
And Paul Manafort was your campaign manager. No, this sort of stuff is not going to go well for, for the Trump administration. The best thing they could do here is say, look, as soon as we found out about Paul Manafort's ties, we dumped him on the side of the road. Uh, as soon as uh, we knew about what Flynn was doing, uh, we obviously asked him to resign. That would be the best way to deal with this. But instead, what you're doing is you're seeing this is a typical Trumpian double down. We never knew about any of these people. It's all a big mystery to us who were all of these people. Again, all of this goes to credibility. They are shredding their own credibility and is so stupid. There is no reason for it. Again, there's no actual evidence of any sort of collusion between Trump and Russia, but it doesn't matter. The Trump campaign, the Trump team, they're treating they're treating this as though they have something to hide, and that is the biggest problem that they have. Well, we have to say thank you to another one of our new sponsors. There's this fantastic podcast, if you've never given it a listen, called Found. It's from Wondery, and the entire premise of Found is if you see, have you ever done this? I mean, I actually have, where you walk around and you see kind of random objects and you wonder, I wonder why that's there. <laughs> like, why is that old shoe just in the middle of the street? Like, I, I don't know. I have weird thoughts like that. Well, this entire this entire podcast is based on people actually going and tracking down these objects. So. If they find a love letter or a to-do list somewhere, they actually track down the person who's responsible for it and find out their story. And sometimes the random things they find are really fascinating, the mysteries that they solve by tracking down these random objects. It's, it's kind of half Sherlock Holmes and half public in, kind of public interest stories. Um, and uh, they, they are really fascinating, fascinating podcasts. I mean, everything from finding, as I say, love notes on the ground to finding a baby at a subway. There's actually an episode where, where this guy finds a baby at a subway station. And that's what the podcast is all about. You can find it at Wondery. So go to the newest episode of Found and subscribe to it wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, new episodes drop every Wednesday, really highly produced, beautiful to listen to, and the stories are really fascinating. I really do enjoy the podcast. They, they sent me a link to it, and I've listened to several episodes of it because I enjoy it so much. It's available at Wondery.com, obviously, so go to Wondery.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Go to the newest episode of Found and subscribe to it. Uh, it's, it's actually pretty, uh, all, all the stories are pretty inspiring. It's pretty rare that they do a story where uh, that's death and doom and destruction. You get all that here. But if you want something that's inspiring and uplifting, then go over and subscribe to Found over at Wondery.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Really terrific podcast. I enjoy it myself. I've, I've turned my wife onto it as well. Okay, so meanwhile, there is one actual scandal, okay? It turns out the Trump-Russia thing is not a scandal yet because we don't know what it's going to uncover. It's just that the Trump administration is stupidly treating it like they have something to hide. Then you have the Obama-tapped Trump routine. That's not a scandal at all. It's just that Trump made a Twitter duty, and now everybody else has to clean it up. Finally, there's the actual scandal, okay? The actual scandal that we know is happening and deserves severe scrutiny, and that is the scandal of how is it that the Trump associates who were caught up in these wiretaps of Russians, you know, as I say, the people who were on the other end of the line from the Russians, how is it that transcripts of those conversations ended up in public? And the answer is people broke the law. Those transcripts cannot be public, become public. You cannot reveal intelligence information like this publicly that targets American citizens. You cannot do that without violating the law. Mike Rogers, who's the National Security Administration head, he came out and he said, you know, all of the leaks about General Flynn, that's what took Flynn down, were all these leaks about how he had actually been talking to the Russian ambassador. All those leaks hurt the nation, and they are indeed violations of law. Would that leaking to the press hurt or help our ability to conduct national security hurt. matters? Okay, if, if it hurts, uh, so this leak which through the 702 tool, which we all agree is vital, or you and I at least agree to that, do you think that that leak actually threatens our national security? If it's a crime, and if it's unveiling a mass person, and this tool is so important that it could potentially jeopardize this tool when we have to try to reauthorize it in a few months, 
If this is used against the ability of us to reauthorize this tool, and we can't get it done because whoever did this leak, or these nine people that did this leak, create such a stir, whether it be you know, in our legislative process or whatever, that they don't feel confident that a U.S. person under the 702 program can be masked successfully and not leak to the press, doesn't that hurt, that leak hurt our national security? Yes, sir. Okay, and then that was followed up with by Trey Gowdy, who's a really good prosecutor. He said to James Comey, head of the FBI, you know, can we find out who's leaking all this stuff? And Comey basically acknowledges yes, but seems a little bit reticent about going after it. Well, I think, Director Comey, given the fact that you and I agree this is critical, vital, indispensable, a similar program is coming up for reauthorization this fall with a pretty strong headwind right now, it would be nice to know the universe of people who have the power to unmask a U.S. citizen's name because that might provide something of a roadmap to investigate who might have actually disseminated a mask U.S. citizen's name. And, uh, and Comey acknowledges that this is, in fact, the case. So that is a real scandal, and that's the one the media don't want to pay attention to. So the right doesn't want to pay attention to the Trump-Russia stuff and the fact that Trump was mouthing off like an idiot about these Trump, uh, Trump wiretaps, Trump Tower wiretaps, and that Trump didn't even have the brains to broaden out the accusation so that it was accurate. He instead kept doubling down on it to the point where he pissed off our British allies because he's so intent on doubling down on fantasies, figments of his own imagination. The right doesn't want to focus on that. The left doesn't want to focus on what actually is a real constitutional crisis, and that is the intelligence community, a bunch of unelected bureaucrats who are undermining the president of the United States and his allies by leaking classified information. That is a very real scandal. The media don't want to pay attention to that. They are more focused in on this Trump-Russia thing, which I think is actually going to come to nothing when all of this is said and done. The media, though, are over the moon. The media think this is going to finish Trump. They're, they're stupid, so they think that all of this is going to affect Trump in some deep way. The truth is the health care debate is affecting Trump much more deeply than any of the rest of this stuff. The rest of this stuff goes to people don't trust Trump. Okay, people didn't really trust Trump before. The rest of it goes to the Democrats think that Trump stole the election using the Russians as a surrogate. Okay, again, the American people don't believe that, and there's no evidence of it, so that doesn't mean anything. But the media think that they finally found the silver bullet for Trump, and all of this is just a terrible, terrible thing for Trump. Gloria Borger over at CNN, she says this was the worst day of Trump's presidency. You know, I think if you take a step back for a minute, Wolf, you'd have to say this is the worst and most perilous day of Donald Trump's young presidency. Uh, in, this, in this hearing over the last uh, bunch of hours, we have seen uh, the director of the FBI uh, rebut Donald Trump uh, directly. I mean, look how excited they are. Dana Bash, same thing. The genie can't be put back in the bottle. It's, it's going to be huge. It's going to be huge. First of all, how big is this panel? My goodness. I mean, they have, they have, what, nine people on this panel? More people are on this panel than watching CNN at this point in time. Here is, uh, here is Dana Bash saying that, that Trump's got a real problem here, a huge, huge problem. I was about to say, especially those investigations, Comey said, that involve classified matters. Right. But in unusual circumstances where it is in the public interest, it may be appropriate to release that kind of information. It, the bombshell was released. Exactly. And look, this genie cannot be put back in the bottle. It's out there. It's official. It's formal. Under oath in public testimony oh, that this so investigation excited. is going on. So what that means is... Um, you know, Devin Nunes, the chairman, said, please, please, please make this fast. You know, the timeline, who knows? But what that does mean is that we're going to hear either Comey do what he did with the Clinton, uh, with Clinton investigation, come out and say no indictments, there's no there there, or not. 
And so it's going to have it's going to happen. and It's going to have to happen publicly because the fact that the investigation is going on was broadcast in such a public. And, and John, you're not- OK, so, you know, the, the media is over the moon about this. Trump's allies are taking two different tacks. So Bill O'Reilly, who is a Trump ally, is a big fan of Donald Trump. He takes the tack that I think is appropriate here. And that is Donald Trump needs to stop fibbing. He needs to stop saying silly things. Donald Trump needs to buckle down to business. Here is Bill O'Reilly giving what is actually very good advice to Donald Trump. In the future, the president would be wise to embrace only facts in his pronouncements. The accusation that President Obama was actively involved in harming the Trump campaign has now harmed the president himself. This was a self-inflicted wound. O'Reilly is right. If you're rooting for Trump to do well, if you're rooting for good conservative governance out of this administration, you need Trump to be effective. Right now, Trump is his own worst enemy. The media is not taking Trump down. Trump is taking Trump down by giving them all the fodder they could want. O'Reilly's being helpful here. And then there's Sean Hannity. Sean Hannity is not being helpful. Here is Sean Hannity last night. Today, Democrats, the alt-left, propaganda, destroy Trump media, continue to ignore facts and what has clearly now become a political witch hunt. Okay, that is not helpful. Okay, you can shout witch hunt as much as you want. Again, I love Sean as a human being. He's such a nice guy. When he says things like alt-left and just makes up terms to counter the the fact that there is an actual alt-right, it's not the alt-left. You don't have to have an alt-left. The left just sucks. You don't need an alt-left in order to demonstrate that the left sucks. Okay, the point of having an alt-right is that there's a group of people supposedly on the right who aren't even really on the right who declare themselves an alternative to the right wing because they are more harsh and more crazy and more racialist. Okay, the alt-left doesn't exist. He just trots that out there as a way to counter all of this talk about the alt-right. In any case, this is not helpful, okay? If you think that doubling down on Trump is helpful here, Trump needs to contain himself. Trump needs to be president now. He's the president. Stop acting like he isn't. He's not an insurgent anymore. He's the most powerful man on the face of the earth. It's about time he started to act like it, as opposed to firing off whatever comes through his head at 3 a.m. on a particular morning on Twitter and leading to international incidents with the British. It would be good if they would start acting like responsible adults in the White House. And if there were ties between people who are involved with the Trump campaign and Russia, just put it out there right now and be done with it. Instead, we're going to go through this whole rigmarole. It's going to dog Trump all the way down. And meanwhile, Trump is going to be using all of his political capital on a crappy bill by Paul Ryan. If this sounds like a bad week for Donald Trump, that's because it's a bad week for Donald Trump. Now, what's amazing is that it could be an incredibly good week for Donald Trump. This could be such a good week for President Trump. Why? Because the best thing that he has done as president of the United States is nominate Judge Neil Gorsuch for the Supreme Court. Lost amidst all of this hubbub, amidst all the chaos, is the fact that the most long-lasting change to American government that is taking place this week will probably not be Trump care. It will not be all of these scandals. It will be the fact that an originalist is going to be put on the Supreme Court. Okay, Judge Gorsuch is an excellent candidate. I said it at the time. I wore a freaking MAGA hat the day after he was nominated because I lost a bet that he wasn't going to nominate an originalist. Okay, so the fact that he nominated somebody who is really good is a big win for Trump. It's a big win for Trump. And the Democrats made asses of themselves yesterday in questioning Judge Gorsuch. Dianne Feinstein, she of the lifeless eyes, she, the senator from California, listen to what she has to say to Gorsuch about originalism. He believes judges should look to the original public meaning of the Constitution when they decide what a provision of the Constitution means. This is personal, but I find this originalist judicial philosophy to be really troubling. In essence, it means that judges and courts should evaluate our constitutional rights and privileges as they were understood in 1789. 
However, to do so would not only ignore the intent of the framers, that the Constitution would be a framework on which to build, but it severely limits the genius of what our Constitution upholds. You wonder why we don't trust the Democrats on this stuff? You wonder why the Democrats should not be in power? This is why the Democrats should not be in power. The best argument for Trump was always this. So why aren't we getting a full week of this coverage? It'd be great for Trump. It'd be the best thing for Trump. Listening to Dianne Feinstein rant and rail about how documents shouldn't mean what they clearly mean because they're mean to her. That's great for Republicans. Okay, when she says originalism is horrible because it constrains the rights, no, it doesn't. We have legislatures. We have a president. We have elected officials. It's not the job of the Supreme Court of the United States to rewrite the Constitution to fit Dianne Feinstein's policy desires. Okay, this is silliness. This is what should be plastered all over your TV instead of all of the self-inflicted wounds that Trump has made. Okay, I mean, Trump, Trump has more self-inflicted wounds than Kurt Cobain at this point. It's just foolish. Hey, Sheldon Whitehouse, he's another Democrat on, on one of these committees, on the Judiciary Committee. Uh, he went after Gorsuch by saying that, that the Second Amendment doesn't matter. This is the sort of stuff I wish were on TV every night because it would kill Democrats. Textualism. The Second Amendment uses the military term, arms, and talks about militias. But never mind that when the gun lobby wants something. Okay, so he says that suddenly the Second Amendment no longer counts because of the Militia Clause. If you believe that, I suggest you go watch a PragerU video by Eugene Volokh about the Second Amendment. That's not what the Second Amendment means. The Militia Clause is what you call a justifying clause. It says, in order so that we have the capacity to have a militia to repel foreign invasion, as well as domestic tyranny and insurrection, you have to have people who have guns. That meant that in, in most states in the United States, m- males aged 18 to 45 were, were expected to own a gun in their home. And arms... I love that he, he acknowledges that arms include military weaponry. I mean, now he's making the case that we should actually be able to own shoulder-fired bazookas and such. Um, but again, Democrats make fools of themselves, and instead the headlines are all about Trump uh, messing himself, which is just silly. Okay, time for things I like and some things that I hate. So, things I like. We're doing monster movies this week. So apparently, I have been told, and this is true uh, because I checked it, um, not that I don't trust Mathis, but I don't always trust Mathis, but I checked it, and it is true. There will be a Godzilla vs. King Kong movie coming out in 2020, correct, Mathis? I, be- I believed you. I'm, I'm just joking. I believed you. I'm just joking. Uh, there, is, there, is a, uh, there is a Godzilla vs. King Kong movie supposed to come out in 2020. I guess there's another Godzilla movie coming out 2018, before that, by the Rogue One guy. Uh, by the Rogue One director. And then finally, they're going to face off in 2020, uh, which should be pretty cool. I'm excited about it because I actually liked the King Kong movie, as I said yesterday. And I really liked Godzilla, which came out in 2015 and is actually a really good movie. I'm not sure why. There were a lot of people who didn't like this movie, and I don't know why. I'm not even a fan of... Maybe people who like monster movies want to see more of the monster or something. But, uh, you know, the fact is that this movie is actually really good because it understands that one one of the key components of a good monster movie is that you don't show the monster too much. The more you see the monster, the less scary the monster is. Right? The things that you imagine are much scarier, much scarier than the things you see. This film doesn't show tons of Godzilla, but it's frightening and creepy, and it's, it's, it's actually a really good movie. I really enjoyed this movie. This is Godzilla uh, circa 2014. Here's a bit of the trailer. I want to talk to somebody in charge. You are not fooling anybody when you say that what happened was a natural disaster. You're lying. It was not an earthquake. It wasn't a typhoon. Because what's really happening is that you're hiding something out there.
And it is going to send us back to the Stone Age. The trailer is really first rate. Uh, and yes, it, apparently Brian Cranston is alive. He survived the end of Breaking Bad and he was in this film. Uh, it's it's a really good movie. And my, it was funny. I was watching this preview with my wife because I want to show her this movie tonight because we just saw King Kong. Uh, and she and she said, well, where's the monster? And I said, right. <laughs> that's, that's, sort of, that's sort of the point. The creepiest movies, again, don't show the monster too much because the monster is less creepy than whatever you imagine the monster is going to be uh, in your own mind, which, by the way, is also true about politics. We create these monsters in our own mind about politics, and the truth is that the monster is rarely as scary as we think it's going to be when it shows itself. Okay, time for a thing that I hate. So speaking of monsters uh, who are less scary than they're made out to be, uh, Kim Jong-un wants to make himself out to be very scary. This is something dictators do in order to pla- in order to pacify their own population. Kim Jong-un has now released a video uh, that is uh, that shows the North Koreans attacking American troops and, and American battleships. Okay, I don't actually speak Korean, so I don't know what they're saying, but it's pictures of American soldiers who are walking across a field, and then what looks like a targeting computer on an American battleship, and some really crappy graphics of the battleship on fire, over what is clearly a still photo of a battleship that is not on fire, and then the same thing on a plane. Uh, so, I mean, this is like technology circa 1937, Walt Disney. Pinocchio, you know, like it's that Snow White. So they can't even afford like good video making capacity in in North Korea. I mean, North Korea is such a crap hole that they can't even afford to make like decent propaganda videos. This is a really bad one, um, and people are going nuts over this. Oh, it shows that North Korea is going to blow us out of. No, North Korea is not going to go after us because we would annihilate them in about three seconds flat. The biggest mistake they could make would be to do something aggressive against us. It's the same mistake that a lot of dictators make. They make a lot of threats against us, and then when it comes time to put the pedal to the metal, that just ain't going to happen. And what is the solution on North Korea? Now, obviously, there has to be pressure put on China to do something about North Korea. But North Korea has been pissing off the Chinese uh, for, for quite a while. Uh, I've always been of the opinion that, that the idea that political assassination is off the table is, is foolish. And that if we could somehow assassinate the, the, uh, the Kim Jong-un family, uh, the leadership there, that that would be something worthwhile, considering that there are literally millions of people living in absolute penury, uh, thanks to the, the evil of this particular regime. But, again, it, it, a lot of these people will, will mouth off so long as it's convenient. Okay, final note, and then we'll break. Uh, I've been asked to comment by some folks about Tommy Lahren being suspended over at The Blaze. Here's my basic thought on, on Tommy Lahren being suspended over at The Blaze. I don't believe that people should generally be suspended based on their viewpoint. So if Tommy Lahren had just been pro-choice, I would say no need to suspend her. There are lots of people who are pro-choice. Uh, there are people, I, I, I don't actually know, but I assume that there are people working at this company who are probably pro-choice. Um, but, you know, I, I don't know that for a fact. Uh, if Tommy Lahren's consistent position from the beginning had been that she was pro-choice, there's no reason to suspend her. If, however, she came on board and told Glenn Beck and the Blaze and made clear to the public, which apparently she did over and over, that she was pro-life, on all fronts, and then she goes and throw, throws pro-lifers under the bus. That's a different story. The, no company has an obligation to to stand with the undermining of its own fundamental principles, particularly from somebody, but especially, and I think almost solely, from somebody who lied about those principles. If you say that you are pro-life in order to get a job, and that's the premise of your employment, and then you come out and say that you're pro-choice, that is, to me, a suspendable offense. If somebody came into my company here over at Daily Wire and said I'm a conservative and all of a sudden started preaching about nationalized health care and how we ought to socialize all sorts of, all sorts of government systems, uh, then that would be something that would at least be up for suspension because you don't actually get to lie to your employer 
and lie to your audience for, for years on end. It, it appears that that's some of what Tommy Lahren did here, uh, and, and therefore the suspension is a little bit more complex than don't nail people for their viewpoint. I'm not in favor of nailing people for their viewpoint. I don't think that employers have an obligation to not suspend employees who lied to them about their viewpoint and their viewpoint is relevant to the job that they do. Okay, so we will be back tomorrow with more on this, more on the Trump Care update. Um, plus, I'm sure that Donald Trump at some point will sound off about the Trump Russia, Trump wiretapping stuff, so there will be a lot more to react to. We'll talk about all of it. I'm Ben Shapiro. This is The Ben Shapiro Show. We'll get to more on this in just one second first. Pure Talk believes in American values, and that free should mean, you know, like free. So when you switch to Pure Talk today, you'll get a free Samsung 5G smartphone. There's no four-line requirement, no activation fee, just a free Samsung that's built to last with a rugged screen, quick charging battery, and top-tier data security. Qualifying plans start at just 35 bucks a month for unlimited talk, text, 15 gigs of data, and a mobile hotspot. Pure Talk gives you phenomenal coverage on America's most dependable 5G network. It's the same coverage you know and love, but for half the price of the other guys. The average family saves almost $1,000 a year. So I challenge you to choose a company that actually doesn't hate your guts and shares your values. Let Pure Talk's expert U.S. customer service team help you make the switch today. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro to claim your eligibility for your free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone and start saving on wireless today. Again, go to puretalk.com Shapiro to switch to my cell phone company. I've been using them for years. They're fantastic. You'll love them as well. Go to puretalk.com Shapiro and claim your eligibility on that free brand new Samsung 5G smartphone. Start saving.